You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln audio podcast. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25 and uh, just hold your place there. We'll come back to that passage in just a few minutes. Uh, but before we step into the message, I actually uh, I have a favor that I need to ask of some of you, probably about three of you. Um, there's something that you may not know about me. I don't, I don't talk about it much, but um, I'll, I'll tell you today. Um, what you may not know about me is, is I'm actually a very wealthy man. <clears throat> wink, wink. Uh, I'm, I, I have, when I say wealthy, I've got a, I got a lot of money. And um, I'm getting ready to go away on a trip, and I'm going to be gone for a while. And I want to make sure that um, while I'm gone, that my money will keep working for me. I don't want to have to take care of it, but I just want to make sure that it'll just keep multiplying, that, it, that it'll keep growing. Um, and so what I thought I would do is, um, there's several of you in here that um, I'd like to ask you if, if I could um, entrust you with some of my money. And remember, I got a lot of money, uh, a whole lot. If, if I could entrust you, I'm not giving it to you, but if I could just ask you to take care of it while I'm gone. Uh, any... Uh, you okay if I do that for just a few minutes? This is kind of personal business. Um, Ed, um, you know, I, I kind of watch you, and you just have this way. I mean, you look at it, it turns to gold, and that's the kind of guy I'm looking for. And so, remember, I said I have a lot of money. Uh, while I'm gone, could you take care of this $5 million for me? Sure. Yeah. He was quick to say sure, wasn't he? Um, and remember, it's not yours. It's mine. But I want you to make it work for me while I'm gone. Uh, and Travis, you know, I watch you, and you seem to have that same ability. You just kind of touch things and, and they turn to gold. And that's really what I need. So um, I got another $2 million. Would you take care of that while I'm away? Remember, it's not yours. It's mine. I'm just asking you to handle it. And, and Micah, you know, uh, Micah said, I want some money. <laughs> uh, you know, and Micah, you know, you, 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 do, you do pretty fair with stuff. So um, I got a little bit more left over. Could you, a million, yes. you know, can, can you take that million for me? And remember, all three, it's not your money. It's, it's my money, but I'm asking you to make it work for me while I'm gone. Now, let me say this. Obviously, that is a very fictitious story. If in any way you're wondering, is he telling the truth? Does he have a lot of money? No. If my wife were here, she would tell you. This is a fictitious story that's um, a setup for the message, very obviously. But before we move into the message and the kingdom value that we're going to talk about today, let me ask um, these three guys, Ed, if this were true... And I had five million dollars to give. You said, "Work it for me." What would you do with it? What would I do with it? Yeah. Um, I would invest it in all technology stocks. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I would put it in a diversified portfolio, so it would grow. Well done, Travis. What would you do with it? I would say crypto, but this went long. Fell out of Probably commodities. Commodities. Okay, these are smart guys. Well done. Well done. Okay, Mike. How about you? Okay, yeah, real estate's pretty high. Well done, well done, all, all of you. Um, listen, the kingdom value that we want to talk to, about today, I, I'll go ahead and take my money back. <laughs> all the wives are going, really? Really? We suck. Um, the kingdom value that we want to talk about is, is the value uh, of, of stewardship. So would you just watch this real, really short video uh, just to help us understand that a little more? Stewardship. It's kind of a churchy word, but what does it mean? This is stewardship plain and simple. Meet John. He loves to play golf, eat Italian, and go to the movies. He has a house, a car, and a job that pays the bills. 
In his free time, he catches up on the latest game and he plays his guitar. So here's where stewardship comes in. Everything John has, from his TV, to his car, to even his ability to play guitar. Well, none of it actually belongs to him. Are you ready for this? From the little things, all the way to the big stuff, like his house, it all belongs to God. You're a steward of everything God gave you. It's a privilege, and he expects you to be responsible, not just with your finances, but your time, talents, and toys. Stewardship. That's the kingdom value that we want to talk about today. As kingdom citizens, uh, it's so important that we understand that we've been given the privilege of uh, stewarding all of God's goods, all of God's resources, so that um, it's for His glory and it's for our benefit. One of the things that I want to make sure we know about today, though, is we're talking about the kingdom value of stewardship. That video helped us understand it's not just about money. Okay, this isn't just, oh, he's going to hit us up. This is a tithing message. No, tithing is very important, but that's not the point of this message today. And we're going to, we're going to see that. So this isn't just about money. But instead, as kingdom citizens, uh, we have been given the privilege of, uh, of taking all of God's goods. We've been entrusted with them and, and using them for his kingdom. Because here, here's the truth of the matter. Uh, whatever you have, and maybe you have all the toys, maybe you, you know, but whatever you have, uh, it's not yours. I, I, let's just make sure we all know that. Our names might be on the title of the house, the car, the boat, whatever it is, but it really isn't ours. And the Bible makes it clear all throughout scripture that everything on God owns. Everything belongs to God. Everything we have actually belongs to God, and he's given it to us uh, to steward. So in God's plan, it's his plan that we would take those kingdom resources, his resources, and use them in a way that establishes and extends the kingdom here on earth. Um, to bring this, uh, this value home today, we want to look at a parable uh, in Matthew 25 where I had you turn. So if you'll follow along while I read uh, beginning in verse 14. And just to let you know, I'm going to read all the way to verse 30. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one, one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. I have, you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. 
Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So Jesus tells a very simple story, kind of the summary of the story. Rich man getting ready to go on a really long trip. He wants to make sure his money's going to work for him while he's away. So he decides to distribute it to three of his servants. He calls them and he tells them he's going away. I want you to make my money work for me while I'm gone. He gives first servant five bags of gold. He gives the second servant two bags of gold. He gives the servant one. Remember, he gave to them according to their ability. The first two servants, they go out and they immediately make this money begin to work for the man. Not so with the third servant. He takes the money he digs a hole and he buries it in the ground. When the, when the wealthy man returns, the first two servants approach him very excitedly. And they say, the first one says, uh, here's what I want you to know. I did what you asked. I made your money work for you. I took the five bags of gold that you gave me and I turned it. I multiplied it. I doubled it into 10 bags. And the response was, well done. You're the kind of person I want in my company. I want to keep you around. I see great things in the future. I see a promotion for you in the future. That's my translation of it. The second man comes and uh, he says, Master, he's very excited. Guess what? I did what you asked. I made your money work for you. I took the two bags of gold that you gave me and I multiply it. And now I want to give you four bags of gold back. And the response was, well done. You did exactly what I asked. You're the kind of person I want to keep in my company. I see great plans for you in the future. I see more responsibility. I see a promotion for you. Not so with the third man. Because remember, what did the third man do? He took it. He buried a hole. He hid it in the ground. So when the master confronts him with it, his explanation is something like this. You know, I know what kind of man you are. You're harsh you're hard to get along with. You're very demanding. You've got really high standards and you don't allow for mistakes. I knew that and that scared me. So I thought the best thing I can do is just take your money and keep it safe. So I, I dug a hole. I buried it in the ground. Here, here's exactly what you gave me. Well, that wasn't the right response. He didn't make the money work for the master. And so the response is, take that one bag of gold and give it to the man who has 10. And this is not the kind of guy I want to keep in my organization. So out with him. Just, just I, I don't ever want to see him again. And so in that, we have the parable. Uh, oftentimes you read the parable of the talents, but the parable of the treasure. And so if you remember several months ago, we were in a series that focused on Jesus and the parables he told. And when we were in that uh, series, uh, we, we defined a, a parable as being a very familiar, relevant story to the people who were hearing it at that time. But it had a spiritual meaning. But we also said that a parable is not just a story, but instead it's a riddle to be unlocked 
or it's um, a, a word picture that's painted to help us understand the values of the kingdom. And so Jesus that day painted a picture of the value, the kingdom value uh, of stewardship. And so when he was speaking that day, it was very familiar to them. This could have been a very familiar story, but they were also hearing it as Jesus was telling it. Jesus was telling about what was going to happen, but he was telling it in story form. For us, the word picture is, is that we're looking back. What Jesus was referring to as what was going to happen has already occurred. So remember, 40 days after Jesus' resurrection, he ascended into heaven. We know that because the Bible tells it. We read it in Acts. Um, but we also know because the Bible tells us that one day Jesus is going to return. We, we don't talk about that much in church, do we? We talk about that he came and we have salvation and all the things he does for us and all the blessings we have. Here's the deal. One day Jesus is going to come back. He's going to come. So really, this is very important to this message. The time we have here on earth is just a small, small portion of our life. He's going to come back. But as Jesus was telling this parable, what we have to understand is that Jesus went on a long trip. He ascended into heaven. He's coming back. But that gap in between, that's his long trip. And while he's on this long trip preparing for us, he has entrusted us with all of his resources. We have been given all of his resources to steward while we are here on earth. So as kingdom citizens, how does this kingdom value of stewardship, how does this kingdom value of stewardship work itself out in our lives? What is it we need to know uh, about this principle? Um, what do we need to understand? And to begin with, if we've been entrusted with all of God's resources, then we should probably begin to understand exactly what that is, right? Now think about it. The Bible says that God owns everything. So his resource list is not a short list. It's exhaustive. He owns everything. But I think that we could summarize the resources by saying that as kingdom citizens, we've been entrusted with the resource of time, of talent, and treasure. That's just a quick way to put it all together. Time, talent, and treasure. So first of all, let's talk about being entrusted with the resource of time. We've all been given the same amount of time. Have you ever said, I wish I had a few more hours in my day? not going to happen. <laughs> We've all been given 24 hours every day, no more, no less. And how we spend that time uh, shapes the investment of our lives. Uh, how we spend our time, how we invest our resource of time tells what we're serious about. So let me ask you this morning, how are you at investing the resource of time that God's given you. Are you using your time for the kingdom? And I thought one of the greatest things I could do is just to bring this to life with some real life illustrations from people from within our campus. Um, there's a gentleman who goes to our campus, Dave McBurney. Maybe many of you know him. Dave's been part of the Grace Covenant family maybe for 20 years now. Um, Dave's wife, Jean, uh, passed away about a year and a half ago. Uh, 
If you meet Gene, uh, if you meet Dave, what you will find out quickly is that he has the, the gift of evangelism. I mean, he never misses an opportunity to ask someone, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Dave leads one of our men's Bible studies. It's called Bibles and Bagels. It meets here at the church on Tuesday mornings. If you're early bird at 6 a.m., love to have you come. Um, he leads one of the Bible studies. Well, this past Tuesday, uh, I received an email from him, and I'm going to read it to you. But basically, in the email, he let me know that there had been a problem with the alarm system. And he says this, problem with security system on Tuesday morning. Monitoring center sent a serviceman. Problem was the batteries needed replaced in several of the motion detectors. I stayed with Clyde for two hours while he figured out the problem. So Clyde was the technician that the company sent out. Now he, so, I, so he invested two hours of his time really just helping the church. And then that, that was key to work. But listen to this. So he says, I, I stayed with Clyde for two hours while he figured out the problem. And then he goes on to say, shared the gospel and asked him salvation questions. So remember, Clyde is a captive audience for two hours with Dave. But Dave is very gentle in his gift. He says, shared the gospel and asked him salvation questions. Unfortunately for him, he did not want to receive Christ, but thanked me for caring. And then he just said, planted some seed into Clyde's life. That is a real life, naturally supernatural investment of the resource of time. I would imagine that there are many other things that Dave could have been doing with that two hours of time. But instead, he decided on Tuesday morning to stay here at the church while the technician worked on the alarms. And oh, by the way, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. And that's what Dave does everywhere he goes. He has the spiritual gift of evangelism. We're going to talk about spiritual gift in a moment. He has the spiritual gift of evangelism, but he knows how to invest his time Trust me, if you encounter Dave, somewhere in that conversation, he's going to ask you if you know Jesus Christ. He, he's going to ask you, June, I think he recently asked you if you knew Jesus, which was funny to us because Jean, uh, uh, she's not Jean, June, I think you were born knowing Jesus. I mean, and so it's just so funny. Dave went on a Christian tour bus, um, on a tour, I don't know where they went. He witnessed to every single person on the Christian tour. Now, you think it's a Christian tour. Dave wasn't going to make an assumption that they were all Christians, but he invested his time and his spiritual gift in evangelism. And so I tell that because that's, an that's just how simple it is. We have to be willing to surrender our time. So I'm going to ask you again, how well are you doing and investing your resource of time. Listen to Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Listen to this, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. So we should be asking ourselves, am I investing my time the right way? So not only have we been entrusted with time, but we've been entrusted with talents. And immediately, I'm sure there would be some people who say, talent, I got, I got no talent. And I would say, stop believing that lie because God has given you some kind of natural ability. In addition to that, when you came into relationship with Jesus, he gave you at least one spiritual gift that you would function in. 
So we have natural abilities or talents and we have these spiritual gifts and we've been given these abilities to serve God and to serve others. And again, how we use our natural talents and how we use our spiritual gifts tells what we're serious about in life. So let me give you another example. Many of you may know Laurel Condors. Laurel and Dave have been part of the Grace Covenant family for probably 12 to 15 years. And um, Laurel has this natural uh, talent for baking. I mean, this lady can cook up some stuff. And uh, when her, she has, I think, nine grandchildren just learned that her first great-grandchild is on the way. They were in first service. Um, but when her grandchildren were young, every holiday season, she brought them all to their house. And they had a big uh, cookie baking party. You know what cookies? Maybe they made a few cookies. Listen to this. They made 900 cookies every year. That's a lot of cookies. Every year she brought, the tradition was to bring those kids together. And she was creating men, uh, uh, memories. And so she was investing time, uh, the, the resource of time, in building up her, the grandkids for the kingdom. But they made these 900 cookies. Well, they didn't make these 900 cookies to just hold on to and eat. They didn't put them in the freezer and pull them out all through the year. Instead, they extended the love of God by packaging up those cookies and giving them away. They gave them away to friends and family and neighbors and people who were going through a very difficult time. And so that was an investment of a natural ability, a talent she has. But what you also may not know about Laurel is Laurel has the spiritual gift of encouragement. And she just has a way of uh, talking to people and bringing them through difficult times, specifically people who are working through the grief process, who have lost the, a family member. And um, she uses this spiritual gift of encouragement. And, and what she would say is that her goal is to bring them from mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, to joy. That, take them through the process of grief. And she does it by encouraging them. She uses that spiritual gift. One of the things she does is she leads a group that just finished here. It was, it's called um, gr uh, uh, Grief Share. So guess who was part of Grief Share? Dave McBurney, who does know Jesus and will ask you if you know Jesus. Dave McBurney was part of that group because his wife, Jean, passed away a year and a half ago. And when Dave uh, started, he was really in a deep mourning process. And um, Laurel began to encourage him to say, Dave... I promise if you'll stick in here, here's what the Holy Spirit's going to do in you. He's going to take you from that place of mourning into joy. And so one Monday night, Dave was on our men's virtual call. You might have been on the call that night, Ed. And Dave said, he said, you know, I got to tell you something happened to me. I've been going through grief share. And he said, Laurel told me that before we started, I would move from mourning into joy. And I didn't think that was possible because my heart hurt so bad. And he said, and it happened. He said, on this day, I realized that I felt joy once again. Well, it's because Laurel and others were using their spiritual gift of encouragement. And I, I'm telling those stories to say, it's just so, um, it, it, it's not for a certain group of people. But it's for all of us. We've all been given natural talents. We've all been given spiritual gifts. And we get to use them for the kingdom. So my question is, how are you, how are you using the natural talents and the spiritual gifts God's given you? First Peter 4.10 says, 
Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So we've all been entrusted with time, talent. But let me talk for just a moment about the fact that we have also been entrusted with a resource of treasure. Uh, God has given us finances. It's God's finances. He's given it to us, and he's asked us to, to use it for the kingdom. Uh, some of us have more. Some of us have less. Nevertheless, we all have this uh, treasure uh, resource that we've been called to steward. We've been given resources so that we can live generously honoring God and blessing others. It's very important that we, we honor God with his resources of treasure and we, we bless others. Let me read a passage to you from 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11. It says it all. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Listen to this. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I don't know if you caught, but four different times the concept of generosity is mentioned in this, in this passage. And there's a principle of generosity that we find here and that we are really called to live out as believers. And here's what we have to understand. Everything belongs to God. And out of God's resource, he gives to us. And one of the things he gives to us is finance. He gives to us, but he doesn't give it to us, so we'll just hold on to it. According to this, we are to live generously. So he gives to us from his resource, from what he's given us. We give generously to help others. And guess what? What does God do? God pours back in. He replenishes. And so it's this ongoing cycle. God gives, we give, he gives. God gives, we give, he gives. He never leaves us without. And so we don't have to be afraid to live generously. We don't have to live with a scarcity mentality because our God is the God who owns everything. And he will never leave us. Now, I recognize there are times when we go through uh, financial seasons and we think, how are we going to pay the next bill or whatever? And then sometimes we have to say, how did I steward God's resources? What got me to this place? We can't blame God to start with. But uh, he's called us to, to, to live generously. So um, let me ask you, how well are you stewarding God's finances that he's entrusted with you to take care of while he's away on his long trip? How are you using them for the kingdom? One of the ways to determine this is to look at your last three months of bank statements. It should tell quite a story, right? Okay, so I'll move on. Um, and I should have said this before we started. We may or may not get through all of this message because there's just a lot of good stuff here. So um, 
uh, not only do we need to know what resources we've been given, uh, but we need to know that stewardship isn't to be taken lightly. It comes with responsibility and it comes with accountability. In the same way, in the parable that the servants were responsible to, uh, they had to give an account for how they handled the money. You and I, uh, as, as kingdom citizens, we're going to be required to give account. We're going to be held responsible for how we use what we have. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about time talent, and treasure. Um, God has asked us, God has entrusted us to take his resources and use them for the kingdom. And here's what's going to happen. One day, Jesus is going to return from his long trip. And when he comes back, here's what he's going to say. I'd like to have a talk with you. And in that talk, one of the things that he's going to do is he's going to talk to us about how we stewarded his resources. In other words, we're going to have to give account. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, After all, Christ will judge each of us for the good or the bad that we do while living in these bodies. So we saw in the parable that stewardship isn't to be taken lightly. How much more so as Christ followers would we know that we have to give an account for how we handle God's resources. Um, let me move just a little bit further. I said when Jesus returns, he's going to want to have a talk with us. And of course, he's going to have the accountability talk. But also, he's going to want to talk to us about our faithfulness. In other words, he's going to want to reward us for what we've done with his resources. Remember in the parable, what did the, what did the wealthy landowner say or the wealthy man? He said, well done good and faithful servant. So what that means is that there are rewards that await us uh, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. As stewards, we will be rewarded according to our faithfulness in managing God's assets. Matthew 16, 27 says, For the Son of God is going to come in His Father's glory with angels, and then He will reward each person according to what they have done. What do these rewards look like? Because it's not like he's going to give us material things. They're spiritual rewards. And uh, I want to just tell you quickly five rewards that can be identified in the New Testament. We could do a sermon on each one of them. Obviously, we're not going to. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we read about the victor's crown. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, we read about the crown of rejoicing. In 2 Timothy 4, we read about the crown of righteousness. In, 1 J in James 1, we read about the crown of life. And in 1 Peter 5, the crown of glory. The reality of it all is that we will have to give an account. And so there'll be a judgment time. But also, we can look forward to that time where he would say, Well done, good and faithful servant. There would be rewards, spiritual rewards, for how we've handled God's resources. I'm going to spend very little time on the last two points. Because point number four in your notes, I think it's just a summary of what this whole message is about. As kingdom citizens, through the kingdom value of stewardship, we should leverage God's goods for establishing and extending his kingdom on earth. That's what I've been talking about the whole time. What will matter in the end of our lives is not what we've gained or gathered, but what we have invested in as we've been about building God's kingdom here on earth. That's, that's what the whole message is about. And then finally, uh, point number five is a reminder that while it's true that we're commissioned to bring the kingdom of heaven down to earth, our time on earth is really temporary. Our kingdom work here is in preparation for the eternal kingdom. And here's what I want you to think as I begin to close this. 
Think about eternity. Eternity has no beginning and no end. So imagine that eternity was represented uh, in this room uh, by a, an imaginary line that not only went through this room, but it went as far that way as you could imagine, as far that way as you could imagine. That's, that's eternity. If you say, well, where is our life in, in, in relation to eternity? Just if you could make the tiniest dot on that line, that's what it would represent. Uh, in, in relation to eternity, the time we spend here on earth is but a tiny dot. And so as we're building the kingdom here on earth, we need to recognize that we're actually doing eternal work because this life is not all there is. I know it can seem like it sometimes, but this is just such a small part of life. And so management of our temporary time on earth is shaping what we'll experience in eternity. The kingdom of God is a prepared kingdom for a prepared people. And one of the ways we prepare ourselves is by stewarding God's resources for kingdom purposes. So kingdom value, stewardship. And so I just would ask, me included, how are we doing at stewarding God's resources? If this were judgment day and we were standing before God in that talk, what would we hear? Would we hear, well done, good and faithful servant? I guess what I'm asking is, could we all examine ourselves over the next days to come and say, are there changes that I need to make in how I handle God's affairs, how I handle his resources so that they're an investment in the kingdom? Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Father, we begin by saying thank you for the gift of salvation. That's the greatest, and I don't know if even to say a resource would do it justice, but that we have eternal life through Jesus Christ, and so we thank you for that. You gave your son for us. But Father God, today I also want to thank you on behalf of us as a people for entrusting us with your your resources. You've given us um, a responsibility and a privilege to take your resources, but for a very specific purpose, to invest them in the kingdom. And so today I ask that you would just by your Holy Spirit speak to us about any changes that we need to make and how we resource, how we steward your resources. And we ask for the power of the Holy Spirit working in us to help us make those changes. Help us not to be afraid. Help us not to live with a scarcity mentality, but living generously because you abundantly supply. And we thank you for that. And with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, question I ask every week, is there anybody here and you do not know Jesus as your Savior? You've never made a decision to surrender your life to him and follow him all your days. Have you ever taken time to recognize that there was a sin problem and it separated you from God, but Jesus died in your place? And today you want to say, yes, Jesus, I believe. Is there anybody here? If so, would you just lift up your hand and let your eyes catch my eye? Anyone at all? 
Father, thank you once again for a people who confess you as Savior. And I pray that as we go, because of uh, your Spirit in us, I pray that it would draw people to us and we would tell them in the same way Dave McBurney would about Jesus. And I pray that we're able to see them come into the kingdom. And Father God, I just pray a blessing over everyone as they go today. May they be blessed in every way. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.